You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Good morning, investors. Bradley here from Watson Estates. Happy Friday. It is June 19th. 2020, we are number one on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts for Toronto Real Estate, and we're so happy you could join us today to cover just that very topic. Now, today I want to discuss what are they not telling you about the real estate market. If you missed our podcast yesterday, go back and have a listen. I, for the first time in a long time, gave my anticipation, my predictions on what I think is going to happen in our marketplace, and I gave various reasons. If you are investing what you should be considering and these types of things. But then I want to sh- today I want to highlight an outlook that came from Remax and I want to kind of shed some more light behind the scenes. Maybe some of the the subtext that isn't being highlighted by obviously a franchise that wants total success in the real estate market. And then we're going to discuss rents. How fast are rents dropping in Toronto? They are dropping by now you've probably heard and is there going to be any changes this anytime soon? We're seeing some articles, they're, they're publishing data bi-monthly at least. So there's a lot of good stuff and I want to cover that as well. And then what's more dangerous, reopening too quick or watching businesses collapse? As we look at the amount of rent not being collected by commercial spaces, we need to start to ask the question, how fast are we going to get this sucker open? Because we have found ourselves in quite a pickle so we're going to go through that. We're going to talk about all of these great things and more. Now, before I get into this, I've been very silent on this idea of the protests and the controversies of these days, obviously. And of course, we've had cancel culture take over. And of course, they've removed flesh-colored crayons, which, yeah, like, that's super racist. <laughs> flesh, Flesh-colored crayons. But then... My silence has now ended and when the moment I heard that they are planning on removing Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's branding. Oh, I love Aunt Jemima. She's so sweet. They can change the name, but they better keep that deliciousness in a bottle. The world is in shambles and all we can do is stay in our lane. So we're going to keep it to real estate today. I hope you guys are excited. This weekend's going to be a beautiful weekend. I know I am. So let's jump into Remax. Remax Canada releases insights in key global markets amidst COVID-19's crisis. And they come right out of the gate talking about Canadian real estate market sentiment. Now, I'm going to poke holes. My my intention here is obviously Remax is optimistic to a fault. And so I want to try and poke holes in what they're saying. We're trying to create a framework. So if we just read and just take what they're saying as, as the Bible, we're going to miss so much. There's so much more meat below the surface. So listen to some of these stats. 56% of Canadians who are planning to engage in the real estate market say they expect to do so within less than a year. Okay, great. But then it says almost half, so 44%, which is not quite almost half, but sure, of Canadians believe that the real estate market will bounce back to its strength it was before COVID-19 by 2021. Now, as we were doing our podcast yesterday, I grazed over this same point, but think about that. 44% believe our market will be back to where it was by 2021. That means the majority, but not half, (laughs) not half are optimistic. The majority don't think so. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I think we got a bumpy road ahead of us. I, I honestly do. It'll be it'll be so fascinating to see what happens. If there's a market that'll come out of here scot-free, it will be the Toronto real estate market. We are very, very resilient, but we need to be careful. We need to be careful running around saying that the everything is great. We got clear skies and real estate will never come down. And and I love the comments you guys have out there. Some of you are so optimistic to a fault. Toronto real estate's the place to go. I saw a comment yesterday, 2008, we barely saw a blip. You're right, guys. You're right. You're right. But let's not get foolish. Let's keep our finger on the pulse and keep track of what's going on. Because from what I'm hearing, the majority of Canadians, not just the banks, not just the forecast. Now, obviously, this is where they're getting their news. But many people are nervous, okay? 29% of Canadians believe that before the end of 2020, the Canadian housing market will return to its pre-pandemic strength. So less than 30% think we're going to get back by 2020. So you can, you can literally take these points that they're saying, oh, 30% think we're going to get all the way back this year. But you could also make the argument, well, 70% don't. So that's a stronger number, right? Like if I were to publish 71% of Canadians don't think we're going to see a rebound within 2020. Right? And think of the optimism in our marketplace. Yet those numbers are quite staggering. So let's look at some of the things they have to say about Canadians, real estate, Canadian markets across coast to coast. So Remax of Ontario, Atlantic Canada and Remax Western Canada estimate that the Canadian housing market is likely to gradually begin its return to sustainable, healthy levels towards the end of 2020. As cities slowly begin the reopening process in the coming weeks, there is likely to be transition from the uncertainty around the home buying journey that was seen early in COVID-19 pandemic to an increased comfort level among consumers and real estate agents when it comes to adopting new buying and selling processes. So you guys know that is a very wordy way of saying the numbers are showing activity is picking up. Right, people, consumers are coming back. Comfort level is open. Things are reopening. If you if you can hang out with ten people, what's the big deal going and seeing your realtor with a mask and hand sanitizer and just you know hanging out, looking at a few places? They touch everything. I wear a glove and I touch everything. You you don't need to touch a thing. It's like entering a it's like entering a museum when you go into some of these houses now. So so optimism is there and we're seeing this in the numbers and I have been very optimistic about our market, right? But I also think we need to be more concerned about the second half of 2020 than the first half of 2020. Because if you guys think about it, think of it this way. The moment that the market changed, right? We're talking in March. Everything went off the rails. People were like, oh, run away, run away. Okay, well, wait a minute. Okay, we, we had a sudden drop that was kind of like a reflex, a psychological reflex, which you couldn't have timed anyways. Like that happened so fast, you you couldn't have jumped in at that point. We saw that eight to 10 and a half percent drop, okay? The, the From that point on, the forecasts all were saying, if it's quick and seamless, then great. We're gonna rebound very fast. We'll see this back in a year, no problem. But if it gets prolonged, if we start seeing this going into the fall, then we're gonna have a problem. Well, to me, during that time, that tells me, well, for the next you know, three, four months, we're good, right? Really, we're good because things aren't going to get worse at this point. We've got so many protections in place. We've got this emergency benefit. It's not until later in the year that we need to start to get worried. So now we are at a point where we need to start to get to reopen. And we'll talk about that in a minute. We need to balance this reopening and we need to be protected in this idea of a second wave. We need to be a little bit more cautious. 2020's real estate market, I think, is going to be dictated by the second half of 2020, not by what you've seen so far. So let's look at the numbers. So in April 2020, we experienced a 56.8% decline in sales compared to March, 
and a proportional drop, this was important, of 55.7% month over month as it relates to new listings. So we saw a very steady drop, a balance, great, thumbs up. But listen to the second part. But as restrictions ease, market activity is already on the upswing. Okay, so they preface it, we're already on the upswing. Korea's May 2020 data reveals national home sales were up 56.9%. Oh, that's good, right? That's good. And the number of newly listed properties was up 69%. Well, pause a second here. Pause, pause, pause. Time out. Time out. We're calling a timeout. Guys, what's kept our market in check so far has been this balance. And, and I saw this yesterday as we were reading our articles. And I'm, as I'm listening to what I'm hearing and reading it from different angles, I'm getting what they're saying now. Home sales are improving. Good. But unfortunately, new listings are coming on. 10% faster now. So it's almost as if buyers have become overly optimistic and they're like, okay, well, like, or sellers, sorry, they're thinking that was a good time, right? Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna cash out. This is great. Like the market is, so, so there's now been a boost in new listings. Now, no problem if we see this bounce back and maybe this isn't local because this is a national home selling review. Like they're looking across the country, but we need to be paying attention to this because if we see a disconnect between what has kept our market stable, namely sales to new listings being in a balance, if that changes, that's going to, again, pose a real challenge in the second half of 2020. I hope you guys are seeing that even out of an optimistic article like Remax, you can come with a grain of salt and learn so much. So it says, in line with economist predictions, of course, everyone names the economists that line up with their predictions. They're lining up with CIBC. They estimate relatively stable prices by the end of 2020 with a possible price correction in single digits. So obviously, they're on the more conservative side. So people who think like that 30% that think we're going to see above the rates that we were at before in 2020, there, there's not really a ton of forecasts that support that. I mean, that would be great. Like, I, I'm voting for that too. But we're not seeing that even in the most generous the most generous forecast. Canadians are equally optimistic with almost half believing that the real estate market, <clears throat> 44% is not half. That's less than half, man. Before 2021. So the majority of people are concerned that we won't see anything in the next year. Very interesting stuff. Guys, I am optimistic in the long term about our market. In the midterm even, I'm optimistic over the next two, three years. Thumbs up. Great. But I do think that the second half of 2020 is going to be a very interesting challenge. It's not bad for me as a realtor. This is the funny part because the number, the activity is picking up. Sales activity picks up. I don't get paid by prices. I mean, I mean, it affects us a little bit, but where we make our money in this business is from the activity, right? If people are buying and selling real estate, for example, a 60 or 70% drop in activity, that's what kills Realtors, starting up realtors are people that don't have an established business. Not prices coming down 5%. I could, I, I don't give a damn, right? So I think people are looking at it from the wrong angle here. If, if, we, if we start to see activity picking up, then I'm already, I'm already good. Like I'm good. But I am still concerned for the sake of prices that we need to still maintain this equilibrium or it's going to change the way we do real estate here in Toronto. Whew. All right, bring it back, bring it back. There has been a topic that I've not talked about. The news has talked about, but I have not had time because the news just like, it's all, it's crazy. It's crazy out here. And yet we have so many investors. I mean, that is our listener. Our listener is investors. If, I mean, that might not be you. Maybe it is. I'm sure we have people from all walks of life, but our primary people that listen, our audience are investors. So we got to talk about rents. We have to. 
Toronto residential rents are dropping because of COVID-19 figures suggest. So we're constantly getting updates on what's been going on for rentals and for the rates. So this is the article. The days of cutthroat competition in Toronto for an affordable rental unit, or any unit for that matter, are gone, at least for now. I remember there was times when buying a unit was 10 times easier than renting a unit. The city's rental market seems to be evening out as a result of various factors stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic, according to Urban Nation, which is a real estate research firm. Listen to these stats. And I think they mixed it up in their wording here. But I mean, it's only CBC. So like, you got to give them, they're allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> the number of new leases signed in the second half of June. Okay, this is where there's the error. Okay, it's, what's the date today? The 19th. So either these guys are pulling a back to the future on us, <laughs> but more likely they're talking about the first half of June. They're saying there is down 27% year over year, the number of new list leases signed compared with a drop of 41% in May. So we're dropping less. We're dropping less. And new, but we're still dropping. New listings increased by 74% in the first half of the month. So we've got a number of rentals that would in theory being coming back available right so we've we've got an influx of really the balance is we've got an influx of new listings a huge number of new listings but yet demand is dropping like crazy too so this balance is throwing everything off if you have the ability to move it's a good time this is the this is the lesson renters if make sure you're paying attention because this might be the right time to move and landlords to you guys there's no more freebies you guys are gonna have to do your jobs there's no more freebies they said the trend could continue until 2021 as more newly built units come online, approximately 20,000 by the end of the year. So more competitions coming, again, more supply. I guess the question is, are we going to see the Airbnbs open back up? And so they had some interesting stuff to say about that as well. The numbers show renters are taking advantage of the lower rents and more choice as the number of leases signed has been rising by a slightly faster pace than that of new listings. Pause, time out. <laughs> we're taking our second time out here this i i think there's something here okay hear me out listen to what they said they're saying okay well rents are cheaper therefore people are moving okay so so people are getting the benefit of it like i get the angle but listen to this through one more time the numbers show renters are taking advantage of lower rents and more choice as the number of leases signed so more people are signing a lease aka more people are buying in that's the sales, they're leasing fa slightly faster than that of new listings. See, do you see what I'm saying here? Does this, does this resonate? Do you hit the words that are coming out of my mouth? I think that was a Chris Tucker reference. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so we are seeing activity picking up faster than new listings. I, that's what I hear here, okay? This is the first time I'm hearing it. I'm gonna grab onto, if there's a tip, I want to grab that tip. So we're going to watch that. All right. But so th that shows to me, that shows a level of stability. Now, maybe it's because Ontario is allowing Airbnbs again, you know, more leases are getting snatched up. Even the activity on the leases that I've kind of, I've got investors that have looking for clients, looking for tenants as well. And it seems to be getting a little easier, but it's, again, it's so hard when you have just a few units to, to speculate everything. And so we really need to wait for the stats on it, but interesting. I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but we do know at this point, the numbers have suggested significant drops. And the reason for these rent rate drops is because of demand decreases and surges in supply. 
So talking about this lady, I guess her name is Learman. I don't know. Where is she from? She was in here somewhere. Anyways, regardless, the article talks about how there's a slowdown in immigration as a factor, both with permanent residents moving into Toronto area and students coming from abroad, as well as students who have chosen to move home as their classes move online. So there's a, and also another interesting point I never thought of. There is also people leaving the city. Right. Because people are saying, you know, they're getting they're getting a little stir crazy. They're sitting in these little units they are like, well, what am I sitting here for? I'm going to try and sublet this thing and I'm going to leave. I'm going to go get a little bit more space. Wait this thing out because, hey, I work for CIBC and I'm not going back to work for another six months to a year. So what do I need this place for? I want to go where there's life. And if I got to hide in these four walls, there's no life around here right now. Then we've got this combination of short-term rentals. Urbanation found that rental units grew 62% annually in May, which we had seen those numbers, putting the place on the market for longer-term leases. So they're just, they're all, they're all squirming, right? They're all squirming. They're like, I can't find a short-term rental. Maybe I'll try long-term rental. They're squirming to the long-term rental. Well, but what we're also seeing, I think, if we were to think outside the box here, is that there might be people in the long-term market shifting to the short-term market. Believe it or not, it says, in fact, while fewer people were booking stays as a result of COVID-19, the companies say more hosts on this platform than a year ago. They, they've had more people on Airbnbs. The company's policy director for Canada, the Northwest U.S. So here, listen, people are putting their rentals on Airbnb. So yes, Airbnbs aren't busy, but they're freaking out. They're like, ah, got to go to the long-term rental. But you've got long-term rentals that are just looking to get some kind of supplementary income. And they're going, ah. Let's go short term. Everybody's freaking out, running back and forth, all trying to avoid that big old fat line that says, sell the thing, you idiot. <laughs> People want to be here. In the long term, it's the place to be, and they are squirming. They are squirming. So we're seeing lower rent. It's down 5.7% year over year, falling to an average of 23, and the average for the first half of June is down 1.3 compared to the second half of May. So in a, in less than a month, we have seen a 1% drop. It is dropping. According to PadMapper, another website that helps renters find apartments, they have seen a drop from 22.30 a year ago to 21.80. There you go. Big drops, big drops. And if the rents continue to drop, it is good news. It's good news for tenants. Here's my position on this. And I know everyone has different perspectives. That's fine. Okay, you take your perspective. Here's my thoughts. I don't mind rent going down. I, In fact, I think that helps affordability. That's great. We have seen overinflated price growth. We are just correcting for all of these crazy growths. In fact, this isn't even that big a drop if you consider how fast rent has gone up. But I am okay with that because I've also considered the downside to that. Okay, let's not forget what we're giving up in, in the name of affordability. What we are losing is the middle class ability to invest in the city. You need to have more money in the pot to invest. So if you want to consider investing in a condo, let's say, if you want to get a positive cash flow, you need 40, 50% down. You need, you cannot get away with a 20% down. So therefore the, the opportunity of the middle class to get out of just being, you know, a homeowner want to start investing. That move is going to become next to impossible for people that don't have crazy amount of money. Right? So we got to be okay with that. We also need to be okay with the ability to jump from renting to ownership. You also need to accept, if you're going to accept the fact that it's more affordable for you to rent in Toronto, that it's going to be less affordable for you to purchase in Toronto. The monthly cost gap is going to grow. Guys, I'm, I'm not finding this in an article. I'm just, I'm just taking it to its logical conclusion. 
if we're going to make it so cheap for you to rent in Toronto, great, high five. But when you, if you were to buy that same unit, because your costs were lower, it's going to cost you that much more relative to what you were paying to purchase. This only makes sense. So if we're comfortable with becoming a rental city, I'm comfortable with that. You know, I'm good with taking my investments. I'm good with building portfolios for high net worth clients. If we're okay with losing a middle class and you're okay as I am, and you're okay with losing the ability for many people to own and become a renting city, then high five. Let's all live in unity. Let's be okay. But I think I have a feeling there's a lot of people that are on the same page as me, but they don't, and they haven't fully thought this through. I, that's, that's the word. I think there's a bit of a disconnect. Regardless, this is what's going on in the rental space, fun stuff. But on the note of talking to you guys as real estate investors and real estate agents, who wants free money? Woohoo! I'm all in. Bailouts. Give me my bailout. I'm dying, Mr. Trudeau. Save me. There's an article at realestatetaxtips.com. They put this article out, but it's all over the news right now, hopefully. I like to think it's all over the news. I haven't seen it much, but it should be. How to apply for SIBA. $40,000 loan as a real estate investor and real estate agent. Applications open today, Friday, June 19th, under the expanded criteria. They're including more people. Here's what it is. It is an interest-free loan until 2022. And if you repay it by 2022, you can you waive $10,000. So if you have never heard of this program, I just gave you a free $10,000 if you're maintaining any half-decent-sized portfolio of investments or if you're a real estate agent that has expenses of over $40,000 a year. Check this program out, guys. You can register if you have a bank account that's registered business account before March 1st, which I've actually heard they're going to change that as well if that's a conflict. The business number needs to be registered if you're, and it could be your social insurance number or your RICO number, right? Like we have business numbers in the real estate field as well as if you have a corporation, right? There's if There are many people that are going to fit in this category. Free $10,000. Happy Father's Day to me. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Every time I say you're welcome, I think this is this this is Disney's ruining my life. I think it's because I'm I'm a father now. <laughs> Speaking of Father's Day, what can I say except you're welcome? I gotta stop. I gotta stop singing on this podcast. We're gonna we're gonna lose listeners. <laughs> or if you're listening with someone else in the room, they're gonna say, "What in the world are you listening to right now?" <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Let's move on. I want to answer the question as much as possible right now. What is more dangerous, reopening too quickly or watching businesses collapse? Because we're trying to reopen, but absolutely we are seeing businesses collapse right now. Listen to these things that are going on. There's a conversation right now at the Bank of Canada. This, the question about a second wave. This is what they said. Who is this? This was the Bank of Canada Deputy Governor Lawrence Shembury. They said this, if a second wave was relatively severe as the first wave was, relatively severe, not even the same, almost the same, I think that could have another very serious impact on the Canadian economy. Obviously, duh. We need to avoid that happening. This is the Bank of Canada speaking, right? So so in other words, we need to be very careful. We need to be careful with our reopening. Cautious spending behavior on part of the households will likely continue until a vaccine becomes available. In During this time, we acknowledge people will not want to spend money, right? Which is why we're seeing debt, the household debt levels coming down. Like very interesting, no bankruptcy. I was talking to a bankruptcy lawyer just yesterday and he says, yeah, bankruptcies are going down. Weird, funny thing. Households, the bank said, would remain cautious with their spending until the vaccine 
So then we also hear the Bank of Canada. Like we've just talked about how they have this, this new governor now and they're going to keep interest rates low. In fact, I think they could go down possibly. We are a record low, 0.25%. And they've dropped the key rate three times in March. So, And we've got this looming deferral thing right now with mortgages. Is it really a dumb question? I have not heard anyone else ask this question because maybe it's a little premature. Give it another another month or two. Let's see. Is it a dumb question to ask, can we defer mortgages again? Can we keep that going? I mean, we just did an extra two months on the CERB. Is it possible? Smarter minds, listen to my question. Can we do this? Can we pull this off? Maybe people who work in the bank, you guys are taking the haircut on it. Anyways, I'm interested to see if that happens because that'll just kick the can further and we're getting in the habit of doing that. So let's, let's kick the can. But in the meantime, we're deferring, we're slowing down this reopening because we don't want a second wave. We need a time for a vaccine if and when that ever happens. But all this is happening at the same time that businesses are dropping like flies. They're dropping like crazy. Ontario just passed the commercial evictions legislation. If you didn't hear, we knew that was coming and it has happened. But here's an article from Retail Insider. Majority of retailers and businesses are not able to pay rent as costs accrue amid reopening. Listen to these stats, guys. This comes from the Toronto Association of Business Improvement Areas. Listen to these numbers. They're crazy. They're crazy. The latest survey, these guys are tracking every month, included Toronto, Guelph, and Ottawa. They found this. 72% of businesses could not make all of June's rent, while 63% did not pay all of May's rent. So here, listen to these numbers. Oh, and 50% in April. Okay, so in April, 50% couldn't pay. Okay. In May, 63% can't pay. June? They're saying 72% can't pay. They also said 78% of businesses feel they won't be able to pay in July. So every month we are growing, you know, eight to 12% more people not able to pay. We, this is a fast, that is very fast. If next month is 78, that's, they are saying, they are expecting that by next month, July, by the July rent, they cannot make July's rent. Guys, set, that is less than two weeks away. 80% of businesses will not be able to pay. Good thing they locked this thing down with this evictions process. Hey, maybe we should get our, instead of just, you know, throwing money and locking people into deals they don't want, maybe we should try and figure something else out. And I mean, ask me what that is. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a critic. It was actually really funny. We were interviewing, we were, aren't interviewing, we were discussing with the mayor. I was interviewing because I'm so rude. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's supposed to be an open conversation here. I am interviewing. But you asked a question, I asked the mayor of Mississauga, we asked some of the MPPs, like, what are, you, what are your plans? And they did a really good job as politicians. They said, well, what do you suggest? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So the roller coaster continues. We need smart people to step up because obviously it's not me. <laughs> we got some interesting news coming out. TTC's made it mandatory, voted unanimously by their board for any public transit. We have got this weekend, if you want something to do, over 10 kilometers of roads will be available to pedestrians and cyclists over the weekend. And if you're feeling really crazy, Ontario is creating a voluntary nationwide contract tracing app. Sign me up. Where do you want it? You want it in my right hand? You want it in my forehead? Figures 2020 would be the year of the bloody Antichrist as well, eh? Sheesh. <laughs> it is a crazy world we're living in. The sanitary res revolution of 2020. Let's get through this year and never look back, all right?
Anyways, it's been a beautiful day. It is a wonderful Friday. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Realtors never sleep. So of course, I'm going to see you again tomorrow morning. I'm actually doing my podcast interview today with the CEO of Real Estate Investment Network. That'll be blasting out last next week. This will be great. So excited. And I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Thank you for joining us on Toronto's number one real estate podcast. We are number one on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. I'll see you next time, friends. Take care and keep it real.